What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of Drunk Dietitians. We are super excited for this episode. Like beyond. Beyond <laughs> excited for this episode um, because we have one of our favorite dietitians, a very nationally known dietitian. She's the health and wellness expert of the NBC's Today Show. So chances are, if you're listening to this, you have seen this beautiful woman before. We have Miss Joy Bauer. Joy, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, I am so happy to be here. And um, I got my cocktail in hand and I am ready to be with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So today, although it is a Monday, I have a nice little LaCroix spritzer here. So we love our LaCroix, which Joy just happens to be the national dietitian for LaCroix. So what a better match than that. Um, and I love that that's what you're drinking. And that's what I'm yeah. drinking right now too. I'm a little biased to the pomplemousse. <laughs> pomplemousse, that's a good one. I wish I was with you guys. I actually am returning from a bachelorette party and um, a bachelorette party in your 30s is quite different than in your 20s. So I'm with you in spirit, but drinking water today. <laughs> <laughs> you had enough alcohol for a while. No, but honestly, mine is a mocktail, so. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, before there's so much we want to get to, but before we jump in all things, nutrition, joy, I'm going to have Jenna start you out with a little this or that, just a fun little get to know you game. Um, so take it away, Jenna. All right. You ready? Just first thing that comes to mind, wine or beer, wine, coffee or tea, coffee, tequila or vodka, tequila. That was a hesitation. I like it. It's a little um, bit of a tie. So, <laughs> I was, I was going to say tie. I'm retracting. It's a tie. There you go. Deal. Snow or sand? Oh, wow. I'm going to say snow. Oh, I love that. Why? Yeah. Um, I, I love the coziness of it. I love a great snowstorm. And, you know, I'm a native New Yorker, and I just feel like every time it snows outside, not the day after, but the day of, it's so beautiful. And we also had a house in the Berkshires in New England. And I just, I just absolutely love the vibe of plopping on the couch with a great comfy blanket over you yeah. and setting a fire and sipping that wine and watching something fabulous oh. on TV. Oh. I kind of wish it was snowing right now. <laughs> but it, it, kind of sounds like, it. it kind of sounds like, Joy, you don't want to be in the snow, right? You just want it. No way. You are I mean. so totally right on that. I want the snow excuse of cuddling go. up and doing all yeah. that inside activity. You're so oh, right. I love that. Okay, a couple it. more. Netflix and chill are night out on the town. Oh, man. That's <laughs> such a hard one. Um, 
I, it's a tie. It's a tie. All right. I love that like too. That. <laughs> Except after this weekend, Netflix and chill is really all I want to do. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Dogs. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Oh, man, you're asking the hard question. <laughs> so innately, I just want to respond and say crunchy. But truth be told, a lot of my recipes, I would require the smooth texture. So I think for recipes, smooth, but crunchy, you know, right out of the jar. It's like dollop with my finger. That's not <laughs> a crunchy girl. Oh, I love that so much. All right, fair. Um, last question. If you could have anything in this world in limitless quantities, but it couldn't be money, what would it be? Love. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. oh, love for sure. That's I love a great that. answer. So many people go like materialistic with it. So whenever we have someone <laughs> say like love or like something sweet like that, it's like, oh, that's so nice. Just so you know, that. I was sort of thinking about melty vanilla ice cream but then <laughs> love overtook me. <laughs> that kind of like is love though. I, feel I like was that just going to say. I found like love was so broad that that absolutely fell within the umbrella. Like there are so many things that fall within love. Yeah. I'm, stick I'm sticking with love. <laughs> uh, well, Joy, we love you. And before we started recording today, we were talking about how Sammy and I know each other and how we know you and all of your incredible credentials. You have so much going on right now, including a new book coming out, which I'm staring at the cover right now. You look so beautiful and happy in this picture. Um, and I'm loving the pink scheme. It's my favorite color. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about you and all of the things that you do? I mean, you are like the OG dietitian of all dietitians. You are so, <laughs> and you guys have the best energy ever. I mean, I'm Aww. sitting here with the biggest smile on my face. I mean, I, I, I think that you both can probably relate to this in that I just feel so grateful to be in this field. I love what I do and it just makes me want to work that much harder. And there's nothing more rewarding than having people on a daily basis. And again, like everyone listening and you both feel this um, each and every day as well, people telling you that by following one of your tips or tricks or recipes or pieces of advice, it has exponentially changed their lives for the better. And that means so many different things to different people. Sometimes it's enabled them to lose weight. Other times it's enabled them to just boost their energy or feel more comfortable in their skin or help their spouse get off a statin medication. We, we are in the best field. Like how can you not, you know, just walk around with a smile on your face. It's just, it's so great. And I feel lucky because it didn't, I didn't necessarily find the field. It found me. Originally, I thought I was going to go to medical school and be a pediatrician. And I took a little bit of a left turn. And after my undergrad, I got a graduate degree in um, clinical nutrition over at NYU. And it was one of those serendipitous moments. The light bulb went off. I have the gift of gab. I have a passion for health. <laughs> I love to eat. I love to play with food um, and, you know, truly love helping people and health made so much sense to me. So here I am. Oh, that's amazing. Feeling lucky, pinching myself every <laughs> single day. Yeah. So uh, before we get off of that topic, how long have you been in the field of nutrition? Just to give our listeners like a little background on what an expert you really are. A hundred years. I'm so old. A hundred and twenty years. 
<laughs> and looking amazing, girl. So. Oh my goodness. You know what? I feel great. I really, really do feel great. But like, yeah, I'm old. I, um, let's see, I got into the field. I started working in clinical at Mount Sinai Hospital. First, I was in the neurosurgical service, and then I was the director of nutrition for pediatric cardiology for years. And that was in, this is when I date myself, I think it was like in 96, okay. something like that. Yeah, like ni- 1996. I almost said 1896. <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> I, know. I swear my LaCroix is not spiked. Um, Uh, Yeah, so I've been in the field a very, very long time. And, you know, like it constantly evolves. So it's just pretty cool to stay up on the top, the the new research and, you know, sort of take your philosophies and your values in the various directions and and the paths that, um, you know, the research leads us to. But what's also really interesting is that it doesn't change all that much. You know, common sense, eating smart, moving more, like those fundamentals really remain. It's just about repackaging and and making the information more creative and accessible and and buzzy for people so they Mm -hmm. latch on. So tell us, because so starting out in clinical, right, that's very different than NBC Today show. So (laughs) I I have a a passion. So I was on the news this morning locally, again, local channel Four, no NBC, but I have a passion for that, like being in front of the camera and like educating um, populations. So how did you find your way onto the, like the Today show and writing books versus being in clinical before? Because those are very different careers. They are. And I never, ever aspired to be on television. So I loved like the meaty, clinical, medically oriented aspect of nutrition. So clinical was really wonderful for me. And when I was in um, pediatric cardiology at Sinai, I not only worked inpatient in like the transplant unit and with clinical cases that were inpatient and also outpatient, they also gave me the opportunity to go out into the communities that were at high risk for heart disease and diabetes and obesity. And because of where Sinai is located, that was Harlem and East Harlem. And I worked with kids in kindergarten all the way through 12th grade and all of their parents, and it was such a fulfilling job. So I was doing clinical inpatient. I was doing a lot of community outpatient. I was volunteering for speaking engagements and writing free newsletter articles and doing like a lot of different kinds of things and feeling super, super fulfilled. But because I love to write, I started pitching articles to various glossy magazines. Then I got a book deal and the book deal, the the book deal was, um, one of those idiot series. I was an idiot writer. Remember when Simon <laughs> came out with the complete idiot's guide to total yes. nutrition? Yes. So I was a true idiot writer. And the, <laughs> the book actually did very well because it was a time when people, again, many, many years ago, it was a time when people were first starting to take food as medicine very seriously. It wasn't just a a way to enable you to lose weight. It was a way to enable you to um, increase your brain power and your energy and declog your arteries and reduce your risk for certain cancers and um, heart disease and reverse diabetes. So people were looking at food much more thoughtfully. So because of that, the book did really well 
And then it started landing on the desks of a lot of different producers. And the first producer that called me was at The View. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you when this producer called me and I came in. Now, think about The View. The View at the time had four different hosts. (laughs) And I was on with two couples because the whole segment was on how to have, how to, um, what happens when you have very different dietary goals and eating styles, then your significant other, how do you sort of coexist in the same environment? So it was me, two different couples and four hosts. And I maybe had two sentences of lines to say and (laughs) nearly vomited right on my food display. My heart was racing a million miles a minute, a nervous wreck. I was having a panic attack. No, I never aspired to be on television. (laughs) But it went so much life. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like I so vividly remember that segment. It was crazy. But I didn't throw up and I got through the segment and then and then it rated really well because again it was a time when people were really interested in food, but they they weren't doing loads and loads of segments like that on TV. So The View had me come back the next week and the next week and the next week. And then before you knew it, I needed an entertainment attorney to wrap up a deal they had given me to be the nutritionist on air. So I did The View and I still had all my other jobs. Yeah. I did The View for about a year and then I got a stint on Regis and Kelly because it was Regis and Kelly at the time. Again, oh, yeah. dating myself. <laughs> I always watch Regis and Kelly. I love they it. They were so great. They yeah. were so great. And I got a lot of airtime. And then I feel like we need a drum roll here. Okay. <laughs> the Today Show was tracking me. And it was the coolest thing because when the oh, Today awesome. Show called me, I remember what I was wearing, where I was standing, what we were talking about, um, because it was such a big deal to me. I grew up with the Today Show on in my kitchen every single morning. And that was sort of like the beginning of where I'm at now. Now I've been with the show for 14 years as their you know, resident nutrition and health expert. And I love it. And, and you know, it doesn't matter what station you do, you know that feeling of being able to reach millions of people, so many people in just a matter of minutes with a wealth of health information. So for me, media has given me this platform to deliver sound and sane health advice to so many people. And it it feels so good. And again, I just feel so grateful. Mm, So awesome. And 14 must be your lucky number because I'm looking at a sheet that also says you're a New um, New York Times bestseller 14 times. Is that right? Well, I think, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but I do know, I think I have a lot of books. That's so (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I just love to write. write. (laughs) So food cures was um, a staple in my actual physical office when I was in ShopRite, um, in store. Um, That was the book that I always referred all of my clients to. Like, oh, you have this question? Hold on. (laughs) Let me see. Let me show you what Joy has to say. Uh, well, you know, like we're all science nerds. So that book, you know, enabled me to really do a deep dive into the science. And I have such a, a crackerjack, great team. Um, and I don't want to take all the credit for that book or any of my books, that's for sure, because I have a lot of help and, uh, you know, very, very appreciative for that. But the Food Cure book, the Food Cures book, that was a beast. Mm. That was a beast. And I had a hard time sleeping at night because 
you know, every time I would go to sleep, I would have this nightmare that another new study would come back, you know, or would come out and I would miss it and have to get it in before print. And it was crazy, but yeah. Thank you for that. Lots it's of work. So good. Um, so, so good. Yeah. So in addition to today's show, we have some notes written down here. Do you still work with the New York City Ballet as well? I do. I do. I love that job. And I, and I will tell you that, you know, the ballerinas, it's a very, very different world than it yeah. was 20 years ago. I mean, they take their health seriously. And I mean, management is super, super supportive for any even the apprentices, the apprentices or the aspiring principal ballerinas, and of course, all of the soloists, if they think that there's an issue or anyone has any kind of a stress fracture or injury, you know, they bring nutrition to the front and center. Um, they really want to keep their energy up. They want to keep their mental attitudes and their mindsets in a healthy place. It's, it's very inspiring. It really is. And I, I love my ballerinas. Is that a hard place to be a dietitian though, in a scenario where, you know, food is, I think probably not the first thing that they're thinking about. And I don't know any statistics on any eating disorders with ballerinas, but I could imagine since body image is so in the focus that that can be present, even though they're athletes and they're treated like athletes, is that difficult for you? Um, you know, it's very difficult, but, um, in a lot of ways, it's all—it's very fulfilling, and a lot. In a lot of ways, it's—it's. Um, it's, I don't want to say the word easy, but it's manageable because you know this is their livelihood, and because it's their livelihood, they don't want to mess it up, and they know that nutrition plays a very, very prominent part. So, you know, the the sort of tricky balance here is to try a little bit to defy genetics because a lot of them you know, are not built to be as thin as they need to be in order to excel. But at the same time, how to make every single calorie and food choice count. So they are taking in enough and they're taking in the right vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and carbs and protein and fat and, and all of that jazz, but they care and they do make it a priority and they love to eat. You know, it's not because they don't love to eat. So they're, they're willing participants in sessions. And a lot of the times what I do is I do like sort of the, the um, group workshops. And then for the one-on-one -on -one consultations, I have um, a very seasoned top-notch group of dietitians that I then refer to. Mm. Awesome. But yeah. so far, I mean, it's been many, many years. And uh, I mean, gosh, guys, there's nothing like sitting at those galas, the grand, extraordinary galas at Lincoln Center. And just, I, you know, I've, I have this permagrant on my face. I feel like the proud mom. I watch up there and they are just unbelievable. Oh my God, they're so strong. Yeah. yeah. And interestingly enough, the guys have quite the opposite. They have a hard time <laughs> keeping the weight on and maintaining sure. their muscle mass. So like the, the goals with the girls are very, very different than the guys. The guys, it's all about how much can we get in and getting <laughs> enough protein and you know, making sure that they have quality calories, but uh, many, many, many quality calories. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. They so gotta throw you? those chicks around. <laughs> So how do you balance like everything that you do? Cause I feel like you're just like all over the place. Probably the same way you guys do. Um, 
I, you know, I, every day is different. I sort of feel yeah. like I'm shot out of a cannon, but yeah. I'm very <laughs> organized with my schedule. Yeah. And, you know, the, the best laid plans don't always work out as well. So I have my very organized calendar, but I will say, you know, at least a few times each week, a time sensitive new project will um, land on my lap and we just have to pivot and change gears and just being very nimble. And again, you know, I, I, this goes back to kudos for my team. Um, I have an editorial director and I have my, um, my lead director of nutrition. So a big shout out to Donna Fennessy and to Rebecca Foreman. And, you know, they just keep me sane. I pivot, they pivot. We all pivot together. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, swimming. Right. Yeah, it's right. I mean, sometimes it's a little clunky. <laughs> We're not always synchronized, but I love that you put that visual out there. Um, we also have four, we have four seasoned interns every semester um, who are just fabulous. And again, like they help us get the work done. So awesome. Yeah. How big is your team then? So I have different, so my, my core team is actually very small. So I have, we have our interns and I have Donna and I have Rebecca. So that's the core team. But then I have um, a, a team for my Women's Day column. I have a team for my NBC spots. Um, I have a team for my website. So we have different companies, but the, the core, it, I mean, it's really, really the three of us plus the interns. And so we have our hand in everything. Yeah. But then we have resources for all the different spokes. Yeah. Even for the books, like the, you know, I have like my editors in the publishing house. Yeah. So awesome. So inspiring. Giving dietitians so much to build towards. Like it's so incredible. Yeah. And the possibilities are endless. I think it's amazing that you do so many different things, whether it's TV, sports nutrition with the ballet, writing books. Like it's, it's not just like you have to sit in a chair and do one job and do it really well. You can do many things that you're passionate about. Absolutely. And that's like the fun thing for me. I think that um, different personalities work better in different kinds of predicaments like that. I like to be all over the place. You know, somebody else would probably like to be more stable and, you know, have their security and then shut it off when the work day is done. My work day never ends. <laughs> and, and so now I, my three kids are out of the house right now. My youngest is in college. But when my kids were all home, I had to make such an effort to, you know, put the iPhone away, close the computer, sit down to dinner. And then of course, as soon as they were off doing homework or, you know, sleeping, Although truth be told, I usually go to sleep before they did. Um, but then I could hop back on my work. But it, it's a juggle. I mean, it is a balancing act. And everybody says, you know, how do you balance? And, you know, how do you sort of sort through your work life and, and your uh, personal life? It, you know, there's not really <laughs> a balance. You know what? You take one day at a time. Yeah. And, and you really do try to be present, though. And I think my biggest advice, do you guys have kids? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> my biggest advice for you when you do have kids and anyone listening that does have kids and the people that do have kids are going to feel this and, and, you know, instantly understand you only get one shot at having your kids grow up and you mm -hmm. don't want to miss a thing. Work is always going to be there. And this is one thing I think I've, I've mastered just shelf the work stuff and don't miss one opportunity to experience something amazing and incredible with your children. 
you will never regret that. You will regret the opposite, mm -hmm. working instead of being there. And I'm telling you, like, the, the opportunities always come around. You know, I've said no to a lot of things. And when you say no to these great opportunities, you think, oh my gosh, I'm making the biggest mistake ever. I'm never going to have this opportunity again. Oh, yes, you will. You know, because it's good things for good people. We work hard, we're smart, we produce. So the opportunities never stop coming. So it's okay to pick and choose and say no. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of your family right now on your Instagram and they're all so beautiful and happy. And so it seems like that is the best advice ever um, for anybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> Julie, my, my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> and I promise you it's a mocktail. <laughs> it's just it's Monday. <laughs> my greatest accomplishment are, you know, definitely are my three kids, my three kids. My, my hubby and, um, and my fur baby, the five of us. <laughs> it's just like the best ever. Family is where it's at. So good. I think that's a really important message for anybody in this field or, or not, um, just about priorities. I know something Sam and I talk about a lot on here is that, you know, relating that back to food. And if you're constantly overthinking about food and overthinking about weight loss and things that like just distract your thoughts, you miss out on life. And it's the same thing in dietitian and entrepreneurship, like understanding that life is going, time goes away. Um, and we can never get that back. So that was such a beautiful way to really symbolize all of that and pull it together for us. So thank and you, you for and sharing. And I love that, you know, you, you bought in food as well, because, you know, as dietitians, we know that food is so much more than fuel, right? There, I mm. said it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's delicious and it's love and it's adventure and it's experience. Um, and, and so my whole philosophy has always been, and I raised my kids with this philosophy as well, 90-10. You go out of your way to eat healthy 90% of the time and then there's 10% wiggle room for the fun stuff that may not necessarily fall under the health umbrella because food is a lot of things and you don't want to miss out on it. Love that. And I know we're running out of time here, but you're also an amazing chef. <laughs> like, I mean, are you, where do you come up with your inspiration for some of these amazing recipes? I know you have incredible cookbooks, um, but like, where does this all come from? <laughs> you know, everywhere. Um, I mean, I'm a foodie, so I, I've always loved to experiment in the kitchen. And I think, you know, I get my inspiration from viewers, from social media. I'm always asking for requests. Like one of my favorite things is to take these, you know, monstros monstrosities, indulgences, like beloved classics, everything from buffalo wings and macaroni and cheese and pan pizzas and transform them into healthified, lighter versions. So I've been doing this for so many years. I used to have a series on the show called From Junk Food to Joy Food. And, um, and it just sort of like continued. And, and other ways that I get my inspiration is from restaurants. You know, when I go to restaurants and I look on the menu, I'm always inspired by specials that the chefs have come up with. And then what I'll do is, you know, tweak some of the ingredients to the right and to the left, and I'll make it my own in a more healthified manner. Um, lots of inspirations out there. And sometimes like at two o'clock in the morning, boom, I have an idea and I have to get up and quickly email it to myself. So, you know, you guys know, you've been there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So for people listening, we usually say like, we call it our nutrition tipsy or like a tip that people can take away. I know you kind of already gave us like 
a big tip of life, like more from like a parenting, setting boundaries. But for anyone who's listening from a nutrition standpoint um, related to like, if they're trying to make healthier behaviors around food um, or increase their nutrient density with food, what would be like your number one tip for people? My number one tip. Um, so I think an action tip that is tangible and has tremendous payback would be to incorporate a produce item into each and every meal. And I love to be able to tell people what to eat versus what not to eat. So just mm -hmm. simply by adding um, a vegetable or a fruit into your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you will increase the volume and the fiber. So it helps to fill us up without filling us out. And also it will shower your body with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and all of the good stuff that just improve our groove, make us feel fantastic. So that would be like um, an action oriented tip. And I think for, from an entrepreneurial standpoint for you know dietitians that are listening and like they wanna get out there and they want to start some sort of a new business or try something new. I'm gonna share something that my dad has always told me and it has resonated in such a big way. And that is every failure is the beginning of a new success. Mm -hmm. And I have fallen on my butt so many times throughout my career, but I always hear him in my head. He's like the smartest guy I know still to this day. and. I always hear him in my head saying that every time I do try something and it doesn't necessarily work out. And it just gives me so much oomph to pick myself up and forge forward. That's awesome. I think that's Amazing. Huge. I forget, I was listening to, I think Gary Vee's podcast, he's like a big entrepreneur and like social mm -hmm. media, but he was saying how like, whenever you do something great or do something really good, it makes you just think like, I'm the best, like I know what I'm doing versus like when you fail. And you're like, oh, what did I learn from that? And how do we learn to move forward from it? So we learn from our failures. And I think the same thing goes with food, right? People will go on very obscure diets nowadays and, it's, and then they'll feel like a failure. But really it's like, no, we just, we, that's a lived experience that we can learn from. It's not a no, failure. So that's such, such a great point. And I think it takes a big person to press the pause button and reflect mm -hmm. and then forge forward in a positive manner versus just beating yourself up and getting depressed and then like, you know, eating three shelves on the fridge. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, really important to just, um, you know, take that time to think about what went down and how to do better the next time. And that translates to every single aspect of life. It's so true. Well, cheers virtually to yeah, both of you. Clink, clink, clink. Thank you so much for sharing your time out of that incredibly busy schedule. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you so much for how you inspire so many thousands of people every day. We are so honored and grateful for your time this morning and can't wait to keep following along for all your successes. You are so welcome. And it was my pleasure to be here. And the next time we need to do this in person. Oh my God, yes. don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> we will bring our LaCroix spritzers to the Today Show. <laughs> I love it. You guys are a lot of fun and you're going to have huge success with this podcast. So thank um, you. Thank you so much, Joy. Have the best.
best week. Mwah. You guys too. Bye-bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod we promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics greatest guests and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit we love you we appreciate you and we will see you next week for a lot more fun